Same Soul Productions presents The Rome Dialogue, Episode 1, General History. Our pacing and recording may not be the same as when you're actually there, so feel free to stop and pause when you need to. We won't be offended. Perhaps more than anywhere else, I think having a basic knowledge of Rome's long history is critical to understanding the city. So we're going to start with that. I'm going to do my best to be brief, but I love history, and so I'm going to fail. Even though there's been some sort of human settlement in Rome for 14,000 years, we're going to start in 753 BC, which is the traditional founding of the city of Rome. Legend had it that Romulus and Remus, those are two important names, when they were thrown into the river, survived and landed at the founding site of Rome. They landed by a fig tree where a she-wolf and a woodpecker cared for them until some local farmers found them and raised them as their own children. This is depicted in one of the most famous statues found on Capitoline Hill, which you can go see. The origin of the sculpture and the artist are both highly contested and unknown, but basic agreed upon facts are that it was made sometime in the early thousands and has been sitting in its spot on Capitoline Hill since 1471. Many historical references talk about seeing wolf sculptures in in Pope quarters, so like their apartments, their meeting rooms, things like that and even as early as 250 BC around Rome, linking this symbol back to the foundations of Rome, hence Romulus equals Rome. So eventually Romulus killed Remus in this bizarre story that's harder to swallow than wolf milk. The story of the brothers is not true, but it probably does represent a time when the city was starting to grow and there were two separate groups that were clashing. It was during this period that immigrants were coming down from northern Italy into the area around Rome, and at the same time, people were coming from the east as they were fleeing the growing Assyrian Empire, and Greek merchants were starting to explore the Italian peninsula. And it actually worked out pretty well for Rome, because the original inhabitants weren't very good at a lot of things. The only one thing they were good at was absorbing other cultures, like a giant civilization of magpies. It was also during this time that the original Roman huts were knocked down to create a public square. And that same area would eventually become the Roman Forum, which you will see at some point during your time in Rome. This was also when the uniformity and engineering which trademarked Roman organization was introduced to their culture. So after all of that, the city was ruled by kings for the next 250 years. And during that time, they were at constant war with other nearby cities. They consistently won as the city began to spread into a kingdom as they took control of an area, the area of Latium. Which was the original name for central western Italy. Eventually, some rich guys decided that they were tired of having kings and they wanted to be in charge. So they turned Rome from a kingdom into a republic. Which looked like having a senate and doing things like that. So the senate ran the show for almost 500 years before a guy named, here you go, Gaius Julius Caesar showed up, won a bunch of battles in what would become France, and decided that now he was the hottest shit. Hottest shit ever. So in 49 BC, he declared himself dictator for life, as you do. 
Fun fact, Dictator, back in this time, didn't have the negative connotation that it does now. Even in democratic Greece, it was totally normal, and it just meant an absolute ruler. So anyway, not everyone was so stoked about Caesar's plan, and there was this big civil war. In the end, Caesar went out. He called the shots for five years until his famous assassination. But the work he did during that time fundamentally changed the way that the Roman Empire would be run until the fall of the Eastern Roman Empire 1,500 years later. There are hours and hours of crazy Roman emperors that we could talk about. But which we definitely won't do. We definitely won't. But eventually, things started to fall apart for Rome and its empire. It got too big to manage, and so they split it to try to manage it better. Emperor Constantine briefly reunited the empire in the early 300s AD, and some have argued that his conversion to Christianity was a political move designed to unite an incredibly diverse culture into a single new Roman, in air quotes, identity. Turns out it didn't work, and that Roman ability to absorb cultures ended up fracturing it. The empire split again, and things really weren't looking so great for Rome. The Romans let the Goths into their empire, and they would have to join the army, which the Goths then did, until eventually they ended up turning on Rome and sacking the city, more than once. In 476, the last Roman emperor abdicated, and the Dark Ages began. The Pope still hung out in Rome, although the position was significantly diminished for a long time. As Europe started to sort itself out, more money started to throw, flow through the Catholic Church, and Rome, more specifically the Vatican, started to rebuild. It was still hundreds of years of infighting and stupid medieval politics, but things slowly started to turn around. By the time the Renaissance rolled around, Rome was, was much more stable and benefited from the major cultural movement that was just starting up the road in Florence, Italy. Basically, this meant that Rome during the Renaissance was popping off art-wise. This is when the term masters was attributed to artists, and artists were funded by the government, the church, and private investors, something the art world hadn't seen prior or since. Because of all this money flow, huge leaps were made in art, led by Michelangelo, Raphael, Botticelli, Titian, Da Vinci, and so many others. This time period is why we have things like shadows, lighting, scale, and perspective in art. The city of Rome would get sacked again by an army under Charles V during the Italian Wars in the early 1500s. And we'll talk about that some when we talk about the Vatican. But that was pretty much an anomaly for this period, and things were generally pretty calm for the city of Rome during the Renaissance. At its peak during the time of Christ, almost one and a half million people lived in Rome. But by the year 537, the city was almost completely deserted, with only 30,000 people living there. It wouldn't be until the 1930s that Rome would reach the level of population it had almost 2,000 years before. This is important to realize when you see places like the Forum that, for centuries, were picked over and looted by the few citizens that were left in the city. It was a whole lot easier to take marble off of an old temple than to go dig it out of the ground. And I think it's actually pretty amazing that there's as much left of ancient Rome as there is given this history. Some places, like the Circus Maximus, were originally constructed back when Rome was ruled by kings over 2,500 years ago. And that's a lot of our basic fun facts about history of Rome. We'll be giving you specific site histories as you travel around the city. Thanks for joining us.